Let's do the Pinocchio. Everybody in, everybody out. Uh, I'm Chad. And I'm Cheese. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. HR's HR's most dangerous. dangerous. We talk about topics around recruiting. And we are on the Sasshole Show today because whiskey. Welcome to the Sassholes, a show dedicated to issues within the software as a service industry. Jamie, Jason, and Pete have a combined 100 years of making mistakes and more than happy to share them with you. Please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Today, we are joined with extreme special guests, Joel Cheeseman and Chad Sowash from the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Part two, extreme. HR's to the extreme dangerous focus. We rock uh, a pod like a bandit. This episode is brought to you by NeuroNoodle. Hey, athletes, get a doodle of your noodle, a brain map before the season starts. So you have a baseline to compare it to. You get a physical every year, right? Get a brain map for how much does that cost, Pete? For you, double. Visit neuronoodle.com. I gotta get my daughter out there. She's doing lacrosse. I gotta get her out there. A doodle of your noodle. That sounds. Get a doodle. Yes. Yeah. And the owner is a great guy. Yeah. Has great clients. Love them. Love them. Keep them coming. And no, he won't advertise on your show. Uh, <laughs> should we try the joke of the day again, Carney? Since yeah, go ahead. Us, we need <laughs> Jason's. Jason's Ferrara's middle name is Laugh Track. Carney, yeah, he's the only one who laughs for these jokes. Yeah, go ahead, Pete. Carney. Yeah, Pete. Did you know that five out of four people admit they're uh, bad with fractions? Yeah, I know. It's so bad, Pete. It's such a bad joke. <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be five? Thank you. Shouldn't it be five-fourths of people, not five out of four? I mean, that's what he said the first time, yes. Um, I did. Much part, delivery. You might want to run that again, that, Pete. Did I mention I have a hard <laughs> stop in like yeah. five minutes? <laughs> yeah, I think my 40 minutes free time runs out. Uh, any shout outs, guys? only get you so so far. No oh, shout outs. No shit. We, we've you got anybody time out there? Bullshitting. We got to get into this podcast. Hey, you know there is a piece of news, Pete, that we didn't cover because oh, somebody did die. Somebody I'm go did die. Pitching. Yeah, Bernie it's made a hot topic. He, he died. He died. He's feeling he the heat. Bag. <laughs> I, I mean, I was reading that article and it, I forgot how unbelievably awful and crazy that whole thing was. So, so uh, how much did he lose? Oh, millions, millions. With yeah, that like well, other news is, investors. Another news, sort of in the same, not in the same room, but Stephen Avery, isn't he like innocent now? Somebody came forward with that? No. Making a murder? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Who's Stephen Avery? Making Dude, a murder is like the biggest uh, Netflix. Netflix documentary ever. Okay. So that the, the funniest thing. the funniest part about that entire documentary is they like have ten words that they say the entire time. It's like mm-hmm. you okay? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like they make these sounds. They're complete hillbillies. And it's like yeah, it sounds like they're from Minnesota. Fucking ridiculous, dude. Wisconsin, close enough. And they, I believe it was the uncle or something like that. They found him. I, I don't know if it's fully. Let me know up. when they release the Tiger King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, where's your background? Oh, I should so, change it. So Chad and Cheese, man, we're we've been doing this podcast nine months. Yeah, we still suck at it, but we suck less. 
you guys have been doing it for a while. Like, what's your background? Chad, you you started in the old oh. uh, OCC or Monster, right? Yeah, 98, but I, 99. But as for purposes of a podcast, I was actually in radio before. And we were starting to go into the digital age in radio. So therefore, when uh, we were looking at production for commercials uh, at local radio stations, I actually had a hand in trying to play with that new tech. So... Later, when we started to do the, the podcast, I had a little bit of experience into that, not to mention also um, creating kind of like our, our format. Uh, and within radio, you have an hour, obviously. And within that hour, you, ha- you have stop sets where commercials are played, so on and so forth. So really just took that old school terrestrial radio into the podcasting era. And uh, that's, that's, kind, that's kind of where we started. So, so how long you been carrying Joel? My whole life. Like, what would be your what would be your biggest uh, advice for anyone starting up a podcast? What's the most important thing? Uh, you know, just do it. Just do just it. Do Our it. first podcast was shit. Our yeah, second podcast was, was shit. Our third podcast was so. It took us a while to be able to kind of like find our way, yeah. and, and and overall. As you jump into it, know that uh, content obviously matters. The reason why we had so many listeners so fast is because in HR, everybody's buttoned up and nobody wants to say what they really feel, but we were. And we had a bunch of old HR ladies coming up to us at events going, I've been thinking that for 30 years, but I just Mm -hmm. hadn't said it. Thank you. Right. Um, So be true to who you are, not to mention also focus on quality. As soon as we started to really focus heavily on, you know, compression and and normalization of actual audio tracks and whatnot, uh, and and taking more time and doing that, uh, we noticed listeners actually said that they noticed a difference. And if they notice a difference, that means hopefully they're consuming more content. And and what was it about why, why a podcast? You know, there are lots of ways to distribute your, your thoughts or content or, you know, be out in the world. Why was it a podcast as opposed to some other delivery mechanism? So, stick. so yeah, so a little known fact about us, we actually had a podcast in the mid 2000s uh, before there was an iPhone. And if you remember those days, you used to put a little audio blog in bed on your blog yeah. and then yeah. people would play it on the internet yeah. And at the time, if their Chad computer was at, had, Chad was if their computer had sound, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was, right, it wasn't right. ready yet, but it, but he and I were like, Oh, let's, let's just talk. And we had chemistry and it was fun for both of us, I think. And then we left it. And then when I came back and podcasts had become a thing, he kept like, dude, we got to start the podcast again. I was like, no, fuck that. Uh, so we eventually got to a point. I said, okay, we'll put up a landing page and we'll say, if we can get a hundred people to say, we want to listen to this then we'll do it. And we had a hundred plus signatures or emails come in. I was like, okay, I can't say no. Now we have a hundred people say I'll listen. We got a sponsor, which was another uh, of my prerequisites. And I said, this is another important point as well. You have to commit to it. If you do a podcast, everyone has a few shows in them. You got to do, I said a year, I said, I'll do this for 12 months, do a weekly show and whatever else happens. And then a, a year we'll see where we are. The people who do four shows and like nobody listens and they're done, it's you're wasting your time. Like you have yeah. to commit to it, know what you're going to talk about and commit to it. 
because you, you, you need time to get traction. I mean, Chad and I have been in the industry for 20 plus years each, which is nothing you can't teach, right? You can't teach experience. No one with two years experience can make a podcast and talk about Jobster and Career Builder in 2005 and the first Monster ad. Like yeah. we, have, we have context that people don't have, which I think lends itself to the success of the show. People like you guys can listen and say, oh, shit jobster jason goldberg i remember him and mm -hmm. and that that context is there so i think i think that's powerful as well yeah you know when yeah. i was when i when i started doing a podcast when i was at at outmatch i always kind of figured that no one was going to listen to the first four anyway like those were yeah. those were really for me to figure out the process of getting a guest how do you how do you edit the thing and and how do you distribute the thing and then you know, after about a year, it was like, okay, I think some people are listening and that's great. I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty, going to be a pretty slow ramp up. Like it's not an immediate, I never felt like it was going to be an immediate, like, this is amazing. You know, there's some time. And did you feel that way too? Did you, did you have that experience? I mean, you had a hundred people say yes, but did you feel like I, I, this first I definitely knew us? it would suck before it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I also knew that we had, we, we knew what we were talking about. We had the network, you know, so we have thousands yeah. of LinkedIn followers. We have Twitter, like, so we have a little bit of infrastructure there sure. to build a podcast. People that have none of that, they're in a, they're in a, a really, it's a mountain to climb if you have no yeah, network or no knowledge about what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And now we have a silky voice like me, but still not. <laughs> right. Right. And now we're at the next level where we, we're, are, we're over 650 episodes we're focusing on content uh, consumption strategies, right? We're doing that. We're looking at partnerships and being able to uh -huh. penetrate different new and different markets. Uh, we, uh, in, two, in 2019, when we used to go to uh, uh, events, we were on 20 different stages. So we were making appearances, doing podcasts like things, uh, and then publishing them back into, into the stream. So I think you, you have to think, veritably outside of the box and, and how a podcast is actually delivered. Uh, can you do them live? Yeah, you can do them live. We've done them live. What else can you do? And then also a lot of the promotions that we do, we give away uh, beer to listeners. We give away bourbon to listeners. We give away t-shirts. T-shirts. I got one of them. I meant to put it on. I, I, yeah. Cheeseman thought I was an idiot. He's like, nobody's going to want our t-shirt. Everybody's freaking storming the stage in London yeah. during Wreckfest for Chad and Cheese t-shirts. I, I got lucky on that one. But overall, it's like, don't be afraid to step out of the box. Just fucking do it. I underestimate you. You also got to remember, it. you're, you're talking to HR people. people. You're yeah. talking to HR people. I've been to Sherm. Those guys have zero pride in what they wear. Swag. <laughs> They'll walk out of Sherm with every ridiculous looking thing ever you can put on them. It's almost, I wanted to just do a contest and say, what is the ugliest, most insane thing ever? Can we give that away and see if they wear it around Vegas? And they would. <laughs> I had someone take my tie. I had someone ask me at Sherm if they could take my tie. And Was that when you were wearing the orange Chuck Taylors? Was that? Uh, no, this predates, this predates, this predates orange was, Chuck Taylors. Was there an outfit before the Chuck Taylors? Was I think it, like it, was an orange orange, tie? it was an orange tie. Yeah. And somebody said, well, can I get the tie? You know, so we're running out of stuff. People are grabbing it like there's no more, no tomorrow. So I got another podcast, specific podcast question. You guys so talk a good game. Of, so in terms of podcast, like what other than your show, because, you know, you should always vote for yourself. 
what are some of those podcasts that either were like inspirations for you or that you still listen to? You're like, oh man, that one, that one's great for this reason. There are a million of them, right? So, yeah. so what are the ones that sort of pop out to you? Like, got to see, got to read that, got to hear so, that. So it was funny because Pod Save America was one that I listened to and they're talking politics and they're dropping the F-bomb all the time. And I'm yeah. like, I fucking love this. Yeah. And then when we received feedback, I think mainly from our wives saying, you know, should probably keep it PG-13. Well, PG-13 means you get one F-bomb yeah. per show. And we were racing to that F-bomb. Then we would go to uh, live events and we actually heard from the, the, the uh, old HR ladies that they thought our, you know, we'd ask why, why do you like our show? And they say, well, because you, you're authentic because you know, you're genuine and I'd say, okay, so how do you know we're genuine? Well, because you cuss. And yeah. I told Joel, it's, it's out of the bag. Now we are going to be who we are probably drop more F bombs than we normally do. But overall, I think there was that in itself, just to say, be who you are, be yeah. genuine, say what you feel, whether you're wrong or right, it doesn't fucking matter, right? Yeah, a lot, of it, a lot of it was born out of just Chad and I spending time at, at bars and talking shop in the industry and like saying, why don't we just put a mic in front of us and record right. this shit and put it out there? And that's essentially what the show still is. Yeah, and that was of- exactly what we said in like 2007 when we started the first one. I mean, I, I, I found uh, somebody shared one of the first podcast screenshots or something like that. And that's exactly what it said. If two guys sat down at a bar at a conference, what would it sound like? Yeah. Dad and cheese. Yeah. That's sort of what we were going for, Pete. So we said the exact same thing when we started. We said two guys in a conference room just talking shop. Yeah. I think originally we thought let's like, we just didn't drop F bombs. So F bombs is the way to get more. Fuck, 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 fuck. All right, good. We got traffic now. Yeah. So it's a, it's a curse show. So are you guys going to stay in the HR, the software <laughs> vertical? I mean, are you going to expand out? Like we got Jason to help us out with marketing. We got Carney with finance. We might bring a legal guy on. You guys do some consulting on the side. You think you're going to branch out? I think the world of work touches everything, right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that we... In town acquisition, we don't focus on workforce economics. We don't focus on the actual numbers on how we, as the machine of an entire organization, actually impact the organization's bottom line. So, I mean, we bring on, we have a, a Columbia professor uh, of economics who actually has come on and has done two, two interviews with us. Uh, Cindy Gallup, who is known incredibly well throughout the marketing, throughout the marketing space. I think we need to have broader discussions about what talent actually is, because we have totally as an industry shoehorned ourselves into a little bitty area and we're happy with that. And that's total fucking bullshit. We are everything. We are the engine of this goddamn economy until we stand up and grow a set of nuts it's not gonna we're not gonna do anything more right so i don't i don't think that i don't think that we can we can like say that we're not gonna go different areas because they all touch talent i keep trying to get him into fantasy football but it's it's not gonna happen i don't think it was it was really eye-opening for us to go to a, a marketing conference a few years ago and have every cmo and ceo go on stage and say our people are our most important asset and then ask them about their recruiting and, and them not knowing shit about what the hell they're doing with recruiting. So to us, there was a real disconnect 
with what leadership was saying and what the reality was. So to Chad's point, the more we can build a bridge to multiple uh, departments of a company and the, the C-suite, I think we're doing everyone a service by doing that. Let's be honest though, that is a cop-out. When somebody says our brand is our differentiator or our people is a differentiator, that means you don't have, the company doesn't have a differentiator in their products, typically. Uh, overall. Brand, brand gets worn out over time. So you don't yes, have that yes. differentiation for a long time and people get worn out over time too. Almost yeah. every CEO will say it's our people, it's yeah. our customers, and then it's our shareholders. And that's you know is bullshit, 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 bullshit. <laughs> it's gotta be product. We gotta have some sort of difference in the product. You have to tie it to revenue. It yeah, when you're talking internally, of course, I'm gonna say, you are our most valuable asset, the people. <clears throat> yeah. But the reality is the product and the messaging has to be the most, and that's why the people work there. The people work there so they can make money. Not if, because- if There might not be a product without people. Well, agree, I totally agree. But that product- And, be and the question is, okay, so in many different areas, you have how many jobs open and what does that actually cost per day to the bottom line? If you're not uh-huh. selling, if you have sales positions, if you have customer yeah. service positions, if you have, how does all of that actually impact your bottom line, right? Oh, yeah. First off, not to mention, as Joel had talked about CMOs, it's a total blind spot for CMOs because we have a shit candidate experience that those candidates could easily be leads for a product that you're not going to sell them or you're, they're not going to yeah. fly in your airline or they're not going to use your product or your service or whatever it is, CMOs aren't looking at talent. They're not looking at applicant tracking systems, process methodologies, anything like that. And they should be. This should be more of a holistic conversation. And it's just not. And I blame talent acquisition because we need to push the ball forward because nobody's going to do it for us. Yeah, I mean, I think people are the most valuable asset. Yeah. I'm just saying differentiation. It's not people. It's got to be your product or technology or something else. I think talent acquisition. I think, I think HR is taking a back seat and and uh, they should be on the front seat uh, for a lot of the stuff because that's how you're going to get people excited about your product. You might have a great product, but when you bring people in here, they might already be looking for a job right away because they don't understand what they came in for. What my, the first thing I just thought of in terms of when, when we were talking about. CMOs don't think about about the employee experience and the and the recruiter experience. You know, the last two roles I was in, it's not that we didn't focus on that, but that's not the directive from the owner, the board, whatever. And I think there's a huge opportunity for you two guys to talk to private equity firms and and venture capital firms to say, listen, you have these playbooks for the different functions of a business. And inside that marketing playbook should also exist this employee slash culture. And that, that circle overlaps with human, human resources because every job I look at, talk to about CMOs, it's demand gen, product marketing, and brand. And brand never intersects with human capital. And so I, I think there's, there's a blind spot for CMOs, but CMOs are also put in a lane where they're said like, this is how we're going to measure your success. And it's on, it's essentially it's demand generation. You know, maybe that means I got to put someone on my team who cares about that. But I think there's a huge opportunity there for you guys to, to invite CMOs on the show and to, and to get that conversation started with private equity firms and things too, because they're just not, that time is not, it's a blind spot, but nobody's spending time on that. 
Yeah. It's well, like an another, another, another great interview. <clears throat> we had Ellie Doty from, uh, she's now the CMO of Burger King. She was the, the CMO I, I heard of, that one. It was of, great. of Chili's. Uh, we, we've, we've started to, we've had those conversations and we just need to push it further. You just can't stop employer brand professionals. They, they feel like they're so much different than regular mm-hmm. marketing and they are to, to an extent because there's so much, the, the experience is so much different than going and buying a Yeti cooler online transactional <laughs> versus something that actually right. matters. It has more of a deeper emotional meeting when you're going to work for somebody, uh, 40 hours a week, weekends, blood, sweat, and tears, those types of things. So there's more of a tie than a transaction, but being able to actually connect that into, well, can we sell more coolers if we're actually treating people better on the candidate side? We saw that Virgin Media lost, what was it? $6 million. At least that's what they could find because they were treating their candidates like shit. And those individuals were just like saying, screw you. I'm going to go to your competitor. Right. Yeah. 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 They're customers, right? These people are all customers too. And so you have to have this view of, I've got to care about this in a way that I'm not used to caring about it. And then, and then measure it, like make it important by putting a measure on it or something. But Chad mentioned Yeti and and they were on stage with us at uh, the conference that we, we attended and go apply to a job at Yeti. And tell me if at the end of it, you feel like you got the Yeti brand experience. Nope. And I'm sure you can guess that you don't get the Yeti mm-hmm. brand experience when you Isn't go. That bad? Well, it, well, Joel asked Bill Neff, he was like, when's the last time you applied for a job at Yeti? And he's like, yeah. I never have. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's an afterthought. And, and if, Turn it and to if, the recruiters if, and say, go find me people. And then they get mad when the recruiters can't find them. Yeah. Recruiters. And then, and then when the, when the CMO realizes that, that they're getting a million applies a year, they go, maybe I should pay attention to the apply process because a million people are touching our brand. You, you should have heard the gasp in the room when uh, a Lynn Bailey from Intel actually said they receive over a million uh, applications, not visits, applications a year. The CMOs in the room were like, <gasps> like, how are we not a part of yeah. that? You know, how many how do Yeti we not coolers understand? could we sell to those million people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, just, that's you know, always, that, that is a great point there, Joel, that there's always been an opportunity. If someone is applying to your job and you're a retail brand, that should also be an engagement period to sell them say, Hey, while you're waiting for us to give you an answer, yeah. here's a free Yeti uh, trinket and here's a coupon to get 20% off. Yeah. No one thinks of that. I was always pr- pushing free Chipotle or free Taco Bell. I mean, he's, yeah, it'd yeah. be so easy to email him a coupon. Right? Yeah. Like, thanks for coupon. taking your time to apply. Have a free, have a free burrito. I remember when we tried that, I think we tried it at Chipotle and, and, and I believe the CMO was like, no, they didn't want it. And we're like, why not? Because then we'd be able to track how much value we were bringing outside of the application process and be able to put it. I think that's the reason why, because they did, they knew then we'd be going, if you want to keep that program going, you got to pay us some money. Yeah. We, um, we know the guys at Chipotle now, and I can almost guarantee you they would do that. They would do it now. Yeah. 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 Well, and I yeah, think, things have, you know, Chipotle. advanced, there's a lot of convert, there's a lot of convergence. I think the C-suite potentially thinks of themselves as a team more than ever now. Right. So there's a little bit of convergence and I understand People who apply are my are my customers, and if I do coupons, like there might be a little more understanding about yeah. that. It might be easier to do 
in today's world. Yeah. Too. And there's, there's technology now that's beyond print out a coupon. It could be like, yeah. show this QR code. That's right. But they track, you know, the, the actual person. Look at so, Joel talking yeah. about QR codes. Oh. They're back, baby. They're back. The pan- they are pandemic, back. They the are. pandemic has raised Save them from the, QR the grave. Code, yeah. That's right. They are. Why are we doing podcasts? Why aren't we fixing everybody's user experience? Why aren't they hiring us all? Let's go. Because yeah. what Jamie said, nobody wants to do it. Spinning our wheels. I don't know. They just want to embrace the suck. So what do you want to do? Have a podcast on how to send coupons to job yeah. applicants? <laughs> that's a that's not a lot of shows. Do a series. <laughs> Maybe two. Do, do a series. Have your code rebirth for series. it. You'll be good. Yeah. 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 There, I mean, there's a hundred pain points a company suffers the two you got to get the two or three that they're really all talking about this is something that they're not all talking about i'd like to see some of the more popular marketing podcasts try to embrace recruiting and that whole process and how they can use Mm -hmm. marketing to improve it i don't see any of that yeah no it's 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 always how do i make my sdr team better right like let's actually how do i get more out of my facebook ads yeah that that's a huge (laughs) is that a good one that that got Pete's t- funny he's, he's still on mute. He just goes on he mute. Keeps all the mute. Time I don't right know now. why he's muting himself. <laughs> he's in he's Minnesota. Is there really fires head. burning? He's so shy. What's going on? <laughs> elk. I got I got to keep ducking. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I want to mute him all the time, but he's doing it himself. Yeah, it's no it's fun, fun that way. Yeah, Carney. All right, so we don't we want to do podcasts. We don't want to get a team together. I think this would be a great advisory board. Put out a task, you know, in case. Anybody wants to suck less, we are the masters of sucking less. I will say that in terms of podcasts, none of us are getting the $100 million Joe Rogan buyout. So to to understand what you actually want from doing a podcast is really important because if your mission doesn't sync up with your energies and resources, then don't do it. And I, I think a lot of people just start a podcast and not know, why am I doing this? What, what's the end goal? Do I want to make money? Do I just want to build my brand? Do I just want to have shits and giggles? Like know that before you start a podcast. You, you said it earlier, consistency, because I think with podcasts now, you're getting into somebody's routine. They're going to listen to you at a certain time in your life. And if you're not consistent getting them up and you miss that routine, they're going to go somewhere else. Number two, uh, the quality of the sound. I know ours sucks, but it's like, if I get the quality right, then I'm going to miss a a time or two. So we got to get better at that. And then the content, okay, we we've exhausted what we have. Then we get people like you or, you know, guests to come on because our market is people that just got plopped in a role. Nobody's spending time to train anybody and they want to, you know, get, get some advice. So hopefully, you know, there's always going to be somebody new out there. So hopefully we can get that little, little niche and then maybe join you for a kickoff one time. Once everybody gets their shots. Everyone gets their shots. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I got mine. I get number two today. Wow. Oh, oh have fun. I, I felt like I got slapped on the ground. Yeah, everybody says two. that. Yeah, everybody. It, was, it was a rough 24 hours. Now I felt great. But yeah, yeah. Which one did you get? Did you get Pfizer? You got I two had, Johnson uh, and Johnsons. Oh, <laughs> well, I got two Johnsons. No, I'm, had, I'm asking uh, about the shot. I'm asking yeah, about I had the shot. Two, uh, Moderna. Moderna. Yeah, Pete's talking about the shot. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> You said Johnson, but I was like, I was. It felt, it felt, it was, it was, it was rough. I miss that. Moderna or Pfizer? Moderna. Moderna. Okay. That's Pfizer here. Here's here's what I noticed. Depending where you get it, people are complaining they can't find it. 
people schedule the times and then they don't show up. So you have to just keep yeah. calling every day to get it. For the counties, at least in, in Illinois, what I saw, the first shot I got was from volunteers and the second one was from the National Guard. It seemed to me the National Guard had a little bit better together how than did, the How than did the we volunteers. go from feeling like shit to National Guard and keep calling people? I missed uh, the transition the there. Getting the shot. Well, well, get your get your shot so we can get together to go out and hang out, and I can personally bribe you with two bottles of booze. I feel like you, I feel I like we're all, give I we're, all on, else. we're all on track to get vaccinated. Hmm. I don't think I need to call the National Guard. Yeah, <laughs> if you personally call the National Guard, they're probably going to not take that call seriously. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I well, called Vinny. I can't wait another nine months to do this. Uh, <laughs> Indeed, are they just going to conquer the world? That's it. They're yeah. throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall right now. Yeah. I think Seems Google's, like they're desperate Google, to grow. Google's the X factor. They've always been the, the first time around. Google base. Google base. Yeah. base. Google base. There's Google a, growing at all? The jobs? Is it really a, growing? There's actually a really good article by John Zapp, who I think we all know on the call mm-hmm. as a thoughtful uh, writer on this topic. And he has an article. He's a on, tender lover. He's, he has an article on, on AIM Group, which is a paywall. So you got the Johnson & Johnson as well? Yeah, Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, I, I knew that a thoughtful answer to a question was going to go off the track here. But um, <laughs> he, he has a thoughtful outline of, of Facebook and Google and what they've meant to the competition in, in our industry. And I'll just stop talking now because everyone's laughing. But, but no, I mean, but I, that's an important point, which is innovation happens when people get pushed from either they they can or they're scared by some you know somebody else doing it and i think that is what effectively that's probably what google base did right i don't know if they turned that into anything but it scared the shit out of everybody and everybody started shoveling money into product development and trying to do other trying to do things that didn't exist until now i mean vertical search is here and no click no no click search is here and people are suffering less traffic and who I forget who we talked about or talked to the other day, and they probably don't want us to mention their name anyway. But uh, the number of clicks and traffic to the site, oh yeah, uh, is shit. And part of that is the economics of the of the world right now. But part of it is uh, you go to Google, you look at jobs, you don't have to click anywhere until you apply. Right. So people are just browsing on Google and not going to any job sites until they actually mm-hmm. apply. And they're learning that I can just apply to the corporate website and Google's just one of the sites that I go to. I don't know. It's just behavior has changed. And I think we're all trying to figure out, has it changed for good? Is this a temporary thing? How do I evolve? And like Chad said, with throwing spaghetti at the wall, that's what Indeed's doing. It's like mm-hmm. Indeed Flex, Indeed Prime. Uh, what else can we launch that might yeah. be a thing? Because it's crazy. I feel, business. Like, I feel like nowadays... Job boards are just buying from job boards. Yeah, it's arbitrage. Like you, you click on it's all yeah. arbitrage. You that's click on any job years. and you get reconnected. I know it's been, but it's yeah, even more so now. You click on a job with, on LinkedIn and goes to ZipRecruiter. Yeah. Well, the, and probably plus through the, an interchange. Yeah. Plus now, I mean, there's there's a there's a whole spam industry of I'm going to get my shit on Google for jobs, mm-hmm. and I'm not even a real thing. Yeah. And I know that's been, that's historically, but it's, it's so easy now to get content on Google for jobs yeah. and just be, you know, jobs, joelsjobs.com and start getting yes. traffic and getting profile information and everything right. that, that, that goes into that. And no one is really talking about that and they probably should. Well, And there's a ton of budget out there right now that can't be spent 
through uh, programmatic vendors because the clicks aren't happening. Yeah. The, the, the mm. traffic's not happening. So therefore there's budget just laying there ready to be spent. Unfortunately, it, it, it won't be because you need the traffic to be able to get when do you, to, When do you guys think the great rehire is actually going to occur? Because I, I feel like everyone talks about how our economy is going to bounce back so fast and so quick. And they've been talking about that now for four or five months. I feel like the only people it's bouncing back for is sales because people need more sales. Herd immunity and the government checks running out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. And paying government checks running out. Paying people something that's more of a living wage. I mean, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Come on, Sarah. At this point, if you take a look at trying to to pull people back in like joe was saying they they have checks and why go back to a shitty fucking job that pays me 12 bucks an hour i mean why or 10 bucks an hour i mean why go back to that fucking job there's no reason to although we we actually talked to uh seth fight from spectrum this morning at charter communications and they raised their minimum wage to 18 dollars. next year is going to be 20 dollars, right that is that in itself is going to drive people to say, I, I want those types of positions. Those are careers that I, that I want to be associated with. Yeah. Inflation, I, small business. I agree. By the way, the, the whole minimum wage is kind of, it's really, if you look at the population that was getting paid minimum wage, it was like 3% of the population. It's usually kids well dude, minimum most of the people get that i know but cents. most of those people were getting paid double that within six months at working at any of those companies it was usually there for like college kids that were getting summer jobs but that's not our that's not how we know. do business in america anymore that was right. back in the days when we actually had manufacturing we don't have that yeah. shit anymore that's all outsourced right that was days long past that was 80s trickle down economics and nafta fucked us okay now we have individuals who are grown people who have to work part-time jobs getting paid 10 to 12 fucking dollars per hour to try to make sure that the kids get fed this is not that time jamie it is not that time so we have to understand that we have to take care of our people so that they are not just keeping their head above water not all of them are we we have to make sure that they're they're being taken care of you, you guys are the HR experts, so Wash. What percentage of the businesses out there are small businesses? 85%. Yeah, yeah, but still, there, there are a lot of those. And, and, how, and how are they going to pay those people? Well, That's all here's, I'm, I'm going to say this very easily. If you cannot pay a living wage, you do not deserve to be in business. Period. Fuck off. Oh, that I'm using that. Yeah, that, that, that is total bullshit because people say, well, I just can't meet my margins. Well, guess what? You're a shitty business owner. You know how many small businesses, going back to my radio days, how many small businesses I went into to try to talk to them about radio advertising? They knew nothing about business. They knew about crocheting or making wax candles or whatever the fuck it was, but they knew nothing about business and they were shit and they went out of business in, you know, 18 months or what have you. That's the problem. Not to mention when the government starts feeding these businesses that are shit in the first place money, that's, I I don't agree with that. I think the people should get the money and then true capitalism means they will spend it where the where they deem necessary that's how business grows we don't feed it to a bunch of businesses that are shit in the first place 
Jimmy Carney, thoughts? My real thought here is you guys are from Indy. And when I was driving through Indy, what the hell's up with Whitetown and Brownsburg? <laughs> we have Brownstown too. So and, yeah, saw and, that. And Whiteland. And White. You guys want to talk about woke. That's not woke right there. Yeah, this is Indiana, my friend. This is Indiana. So I drove not, through and I'm like, what the hell? I feel I felt dirty just driving through on that street. Just yeah. going to Florida. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> did the, 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 you know, back when it was created, all the whites say, no brown. And then Brownsburg said, no whites. <laughs> I was like, this next, is next, next time I need fireworks, I'll come by and say hi to you guys. Little, little, known, little known fact about Indiana. There, <laughs> there, there used to be a Berlin, Indiana. And after World War I, they changed the name to Independence, Indiana. So we can change. Well, Illinois is just as bad. You know, Illinois, um, when I was in high school, Illinois had P, uh, a school called in Peking, Illinois called Peking High School. They were called the Chinks until like 2002. My brother-in-law went to that high school. Did he really? Yes. The dragons. The they Chinks said the it dragons. was the, um, they believe at the time that it was uh, directly through the globe where Peking, China was, which I guess <laughs> it's not anywhere close. <laughs> but that was the reason why it was called Peking. But it was the Peking where, uh, That's where Jeff Tweedy went to school. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Jeff really? Tweedy lives a block from me, by the way. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, you you come down on Halloween, cool. he hands out Seems CDs. Pleasant. To his latest, uh, say CDs say right hi now. to his say hi to his wife Sue. She was my boss at the Cubby Bear back in the day. Really? Ooh, nice. I've met her. I she, they don't know who I am. I, I just know who they are. They, that's true. Let me tell they, you, my, my were you that, that in the late mid late nineties? Pete? Yeah. No. I, I may have bought a beer from you at some point. No, no. I was there uh, 89 to 94. 94 was the baseball strike. I pieced out. Probably just missed you. Just missed me. I oh, love that week. Bear, that week that, I don't know, Pete, if you went to any of those shows that week that Lounge Jacks closed many, many, many years ago, but that was a that was a hell of a week of some amazing shows in an incredibly I, tiny, tiny I venue. saw Run DMC at the Cubby Bear, I saw Rage Against the Machine at the Cubby Bear. Holy from no, Chicago, right? No way, no way I'll let you in. And the Aphrodisiacs, <laughs> for sure, at the Cubby Bear multiple times. Yeah, because you thought it was something else. Yeah. We're at time. We're going to keep going? I mean, this is great stuff. I just really. had I a kid go. come in and start screaming, I, so I might have to. I, uh, Joel and Chad, uh, we got Poch. Is it Pochio? Is, is that what is Connie this? said, Pochio? Yeah, it's Pochio. It's, Poach.ai, assholes. (laughs) That's funny. All right. I I said poach.io and it was poach.ai. Just quick, let's give you a little plug. I'm sure that helped. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get new servers to handle the traffic on this show. (laughs) Get ready. Call call AWS. Here it comes. Here comes the flood. The most dangerous podcast. Uh, Chad, you got anything going on? You know? Yeah. Thank you for your service again. If you, you're more than welcome. Uh, If you are in marketing, check out the most kick-ass podcast that just actually launched last week. It's called Cult Brand Secrets. Uh, The on-stage content uh, of the, the, the cult gathering, which actually happens uh, it's a very magical area in a castle at the foothills uh, or actually base of the, the Canadian Rocky Mountains in Banff. 
Uh, the experience is amazing. The content is the best content. Uh, number one Forbes rated must attend business event in the world. Uh, we've got that podcast just launched last week. It's called Colt Brand Secrets. It's kiss, kick ass. Take a look at it. Colt Brand Secrets. Okay. And it's uh, chadcheese.com, right? To get some yep. more of this brilliance. Okay, great. Yeah, and and Pochio. Nice. And Pochio. Pochio. All right. I need to go see where Pochio goes. <laughs> yeah, you better get that right I, now. It's I love Pochio. I love Thanks for listening to the Sassholes. On behalf of Jason, Jamie, and myself, Pete, we thank you for listening and ask you to please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Smash the like button on Facebook, Don't Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. If they're not listening, we can't help. Cue the non-copyrighted music. You know that five-fourths of the people out there admit they're bad with fractions? Guys, thank you. Thank you again. Well worth it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Let let me go leave my five-star review now. I'll be back. (laughs) Thank you. you. I'm going to go check out Pochi. I'll be right back. Peace out. See, See you in nine months. Yeah, this doesn't look like this doesn't look like the guy that was on our last show. <laughs> he lost about twenty years and ten pounds. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's this nice stash here. Are we drinking? Are we all drinking? Oh, absolutely. You guys are doing. I'm drinking. You're the only one. No one else has a beer, right? I don't care. Uh, Jason Ferrara, say say hello to these two fine individuals. Holy shit. Hey, guys. Jason, you remember me? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> He's a dick, isn't he? Do you remember inter- our, our interview 12 years, 13 years ago? 13 years ago? That's a long fucking time ago. I visited the headquarters, and I interviewed you and... Uh, <clears throat> Castellini? Castellini, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long time. Was that 13? See, well, first of all, I don't feel like it's been that long ago, but if it has, it, it would have been around. It would have been 2008, I feel like. Oh God, that was not the the most fun we've ever had at 2008. I can tell you that. It was pretty fun as a blogger. It's beating a dead horse now. Now it's just oh, yeah. not even fun. It, it is fun. No, it's still fun. <laughs> Plus, I've gone through a lot of therapy since our last time. I'm glad we could salvage 30 seconds of that first show. Well, do you do you feel better after raking me over the coals last time? Uh, I felt like you got yeah, rid yeah. of a lot of demons. I did, and then because Jamie's on here now, he has his. Yeah, can you hear me or no? Uh, no. Yeah, please, please put no. your Elton John glasses on. Can you hear me? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I was gonna say Jay- you guys weren't hearing me. I guess my microphone was on mute. But Jamie yeah. from the Midtown Manhattan office. There. Yeah, you like it? <laughs> I'm really just standing. If I, if I pulled back, you'd realize how pathetic this setup is. <laughs> no, your Wi-Fi has improved over the past nine months. I would say yeah. in the last last two weeks. Ever since you started climbing up the pole it's really worked out well you're climbing on the pole okay that's interesting of course are you you dancing because that's where you make the real money climbing (laughs) doesn't get you home uh sliding makes you more of the money right is that (laughs) joel would know he's 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 into that how would you know that (laughs) no man i just say animosity man let let go like oprah said the greatest forgiveness is the greatest gift you can give yourself you're in minnesota I'm in Minnesota right now. I I came up here with uh, some hot dogs and marshmallows, and I'm waiting for the party to start. Let's go. 
Hot dogs and marshmallows. That's Are you in a car a again, Pete? No, Have you no, been in man, a car no. since yesterday? Why is Jason here? Is he the voice of reason with you? <laughs> Jason is a new sassel. <laughs> oh. I don't know. We have three sassels. Wow. And Jason uh, I mean, was added. Yesterday we had a podcast and it was hysterical because Jason just started at a new job. And uh, we had a guy reach out to us and wanted to be on our podcast. And we said, sure, why not? We'll invite anybody out. And they both get on the show. And it was uh, Jason was like, holy shit. I just had a conference call with this guy three hours ago. <laughs> yeah, we, we just met each other at the new company. Yeah, the, the guy who was on Sassholes yesterday to talk about uh, building messaging for uh, go-to-market and sales is consulting for the company that I just started working for, and and we met each other yesterday, <laughs> twice. And they both had no clue. And he exactly. wasn't reaching no out. Clue. He wasn't reaching out to us to, so, to get into Sassels because when he reached out, Jason wasn't even at that company or what, what the company you're at. Now. Yeah. So I, you know, P- Pete and Jamie uh, invited me to participate when I was in uh, job search mode, and um, now I have a job, but I'm I like it so much that I asked them to stay, and they said yes. Yeah. Right. Did you find it on Career Builder? No. You're a much different guy than you were back then. (laughs) You're kind of a dangerous, edgy guy now. You were Mr. Corporate back then. That's what happened. You didn't have a corporate marketing. It was in his title. (laughs) Well, when you go from a company that's big to a company that is literally a minuscule fraction of the size, you are. You realize there's a lot of shit that isn't done, and you just kind of have to start doing it. And then, you know, you the crazy your, thing your is DNA you gets changed a, a little bit. You probably went to a smaller company that was a fraction of the size, but worth twice as much. <laughs> it could, point, could be. Could be. Actually, have uh, some maybe technical deliverables and shit, <laughs> and actually people. And, yeah. Uh, we, we could talk about snag a job, I and mean, then Joel, I said to you that, you know that. Um, carousel game of applying to jobs works in the retail you were like your match the carousel it, i called it the carousel but it was like worse i think snag a job applies to your job on your behalf or oh like the ladder that. no ladders yeah. and i said it would work at snag a job where they're just looking for heartbeats because at that point you just you should just be able to say i'm looking for a job within walking distance because i don't have I'm, I'm working retail and i don't really have transportation methods apply to anything in retail in a certain area it doesn't work across the board it can only work in that in fact i wanted to do that at work clearly in works in six figure it. jobs which is the only thing yeah. ladders does Did when you i took over Zipper, so- new thing where they they tell recruiters to jump on a candidate because they're getting more interest Act everybody fast. click Act on my fast. resume Look, look on my resume, everybody. Yeah. Dude, the ladders is going to charge for that. They're going to do the same thing. Mm. For only $19.99, make employers believe you're they're a hot dead. candidate. They're all dead. All dead. <laughs> Niedermeyer, yeah, what dead. Is, all dead. What's, what's funny about all these companies that we're talking about, so literally, I just, I just entered a job search. You know, in a job search, shit, I'll sign up for anything because part of me wants to see what's there, right? See what that experience is. And and I'm naturally curious based on my time. So my experience is it's all it's all clickbait, like every subject line from every job order, whoever's putting together all the listings. It's all clickbait because I can't tell you how many 
the um, job posting prison, is clickbait. Yeah, cause how many prison guard jobs I was matched with, how many, you know, like huh. day-to-day retail jobs I was matched with, how many... So you were like, searching Indeed, is what I'm hearing. So you were clicking those jobs. Shit-ass. Yeah, no, I wasn't yeah. even clicking those jobs. But I get, a, I get an email that would say, you know, chief marketing officer jobs in Texas or whatever. And then I'd open it up and it was, it, literally, it was prison guards border guards i mean i was like how do those things even match up so in last, terms of they don't do anything it is pretty uh, amazing how last store matched there. me to a hooters general manager job this yeah, week so yeah. the matching does work guys well, the matching yeah. can't work. <laughs> you're, you're in indiana i'm hey, destined to be a hooters gm making that, 37 that, a year that was that was all cookie based because they they <laughs> Right where he had been, it was like uh, Pornhub, Glassdoor's, Glassdoor's yeah. algo is horrible. It's horrible. But isn't that indeed? Are, who, are they using one, or are they still maintaining two? It, it must still be the Glassdoor. I, I don't get anything don't from Indeed. Think so. Glassdoor is is good, and if you're if you're signed up for Glassdoor, you're gonna get emails bob montgomery who hired me loved the guy and i talk i think about him a lot like in certain situations but oh, yeah. um, one of the things let's he used talk to say about that job board what are the certain situations yeah. that you think about <laughs> you were just reminding me of dark orders. room eyes closed <laughs> but he said he said job board he, he used closed. to argue because everyone used to be like oh we got to do this this is like, hey listen no one likes to look for a job he goes, the way the job board is, he goes, we're like doctors. We just need to have great bedside manner. And any way we can get him to get a job, the sooner the better. We can and so that was his whole methodology. That's probably why we became what we became, because we never turned into like a portal or anything like that. It was all about just getting somebody through the process as quickly as possible. That's how he likened it all. That must have been what the banner ads were for. Is that what the banner ads were for? Yeah, that's and, back and, the, when, and the interstitials is that was that is, <laughs> no, the inter, you know that was me the interstitials was me Jesus oh, that's nasty wow it's getting deep in here dude did you yeah. just hear I remember that? I remember Can't hearing the word interstitial for the first time I had to actually look that word up I'd actually yeah, look it up in the dictionary to figure out what what we were talking about. Was it because yeah. Monster was doing it and you guys <laughs> were like, Yeah, Shit. they started. Yeah. They started. What, what, was, yeah. what was the mess? Dude, you're getting paid $36 a lead at CTU online and AIG online. And they, and then they would change the form. I remember I used to work on these forms. They changed the form and say, we need to make sure this person is not only interested but is a real person. So it would be like, what color are your eyes? And I would just work with my tech guys and say, just fucking submit blue and green every now and then. And just Hold wrote on. We're not Monster, asking that Monster question. Monster was making millions a month on those interstitials. Oh, yeah, we did. We did, too. We pre-populated everything. It, it obviously worked out well. But Hold yeah, on. It's amazing. Making. Jason Goldberg was calling it a crap product, and that's what drove, that's what drove Cheeseman up the uh, up the ranks. It was that segment. That was a it great was segment. obvious when you were making a million that it wasn't going to last because every single time you'd send them leads, they were constantly refining and refining and refining. Yeah, and when they, they got to what's your social security number, you knew it was over. Yeah, it was sort of like okay, this is a short-lived <laughs> game. Everyone knew it was a short-lived game. But it was free cash. So, so Soash might remember this word. Chachkali. What? Chachkali? Chachkali. That's when 
Monster first put up that interstitial. They're, they're the ones that started it all. Shaskly, learn something, folks. You heard it here first. I was I was gone. I was gone by then. It was uh, it was all downhill at that point. This is 99, 2000. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, I guess I was there. I can't remember interstitials happening. They, in they, they started it. Shaskly, yeah. I know the banner guy. Shaskly. Shaskly. All right. What are we doing with this thing? I think... Uh, I think Joel it's should get some. Yeah, it's my. I think we my should show. talk about poach IO, and I think we we'd like to talk about how do you create a successful uh, IO. Uh, <laughs> well, poach. it's Poachio. I love poach-io. it. Poachio. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that I've we actually been on there. Professional. Joel, you know I'm engaging with you because I'm responding to certain things. <laughs> it's right? Poachio. But. I'd also like to know, like, well, how, you know, you guys started this podcast, what, seven years ago, eight years ago, maybe longer? Four? It's only been four uh, we, Yeah, we, we, we dabbled. We, we feel like, like we've been in your ear for much longer than that. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. You guys, in the head. We'd love to talk about how do you create a successful podcast. Like, what would you guys Don't recommend suck. and stuff like that for SBS? So I think those are the two things. Hello. Did the internet go out? Oh, no, they don't have internet up there, do they? Hi, how you doing? We have a guest caller. I'm so time. confused right they got, now. They got lakes. They just don't have internet. We, no, we just had a. There's a small gathering outside of our house. We're about to bring it. <laughs> pitchforks and uh, tiki's, tiki torches. Oh, hold, hold on, before we get into it, there was a small clip that was used from the last time we got together. Oh yeah, that was cute. What do you yeah, want me to yeah, say? No, that was, I'm a fucking asshole. No, I, there's no asshole. Again. You, you got anything to say, Joel, or you still let it go? Well, I said it on the first time, and then you dumbasses couldn't publish it. So why should I comment now? I understand I hurt your feelings. I understand that you're a sensitive, sensitive. guy. Sensitive. And I shouldn't I shouldn't poke the bear. Uh, you know, I, I, I think you're a better person for it. You should poke the bear. Okay. But what doesn't yeah, kill you there. makes you stronger, and I think okay. I made you stronger. And he's oh. an asshole too. Anyways. All right. Oh, no. this, I'm, dude, I'm that's bummed this is, out. I missed the first. This is the first. This is I'm over a dec- This is over a decade ago. This, these are scabs that are a decade old. Yeesh. What, these what ones are scabs. You these you ones got are it out of your system. I'm past it. I'm past it. He's, he's a scab oh, collector. Wounds are deep. Oh, dickhead. I'm an asshole. You keep sending me whiskey. I'll let you call me whatever you want. <laughs> hey, for two bottles of whiskey, that's, that's worth the price. Well, you've uh, called me an asshole so many times, I've never gotten a bottle of anything. <clears throat> You're on fears. the pole. Yes, because I'm sliding up and down the pole. All right. <laughs> so, Pete, why don't you leave since. Yeah, whatever. Well, how about okay? So if that's if that's if that's Joel's uh, comeback, all right, we'll use that. Uh, you want to use any intro there, like hi, Chad and Cheese? I'm on this professional podcast. Uh, are we recording uh, yet? Yes, he we records are. all the time. <laughs> I was given two bottles of whiskey. Do you to guys come have here. any listeners? Like, what are the metrics on this show? And you're and you're inter- interrupting my beer. What are we talking about? Here? I need a beer after ten minutes on this you show. Have three Dude. listeners a day. That's total. That's our hey, What times? What time zone? <laughs> Me, Jason, and Pete. The majority of people that listen to our show are 20, 25 to thirty-six year olds. Um, that are like new in management and stuff like that. So we're talking. Wait, is that is that your you... elevator pitch after yesterday, Carney? No, that's not my <laughs> elevator pitch. I was giving them the info 
I was in an elevator pitch yesterday. I got a real, are, they, are, they, are these marketers? Are these like uh, mainly sales guys, sales leaders? But they're all sales right. finance mar- marketing guys. Like, what, trying to... like Joel, think about this. Like, what's the bullshit role of HR? We talk about hey, don't go to HR with all your problems because they're there to protect the company. You know, sort of make people aware of like really how the corporate world works. And that's typically what we do. We bring on guests. So we've had guests. Listeners rely on you two to tell them how the corporate world really works. Do do the opposite of what we say. Okay. Do the opposite. This business is messy. So if you feel uncertain, don't worry. Kids out there, first time leaders. Listen to our mistakes. Do the opposite. That's all. Hey, Carney. It's a pitch. Not the best pitch, pitch. but it's a pitch. (laughs) Hey, Carney. What? What? Did you know that five fourths of the people out there admit they're bad with fractions? All right, can we get this thing going? Yeah, it's nice one. That's a nice one, Pete. No fake laughter from uh, Ferrara. You're not going to help. I laughed. I was. I was laughing. Do I have to go to an old show to cue? Get my lap, yes. Just the soundtrack will be fine. This is taped in front of a studio audience. Of five. Yes. How about this? Hi, this is Chad and Cheese. Pete's a great guy. You're listening to Sassel, something like that. How would you like to introduce yourselves? The the baddest guy in HR. What's that line? I forget. I'm Chad. And I'm Cheese. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. HR's HR's most most dangerous. dangerous. We talk about topics around recruiting. You should listen if you're interested. Find out more at cheese.com or search Chad Cheese Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And we are on the Sasshole Show today because whiskey. Two bottles. Good reason. I still need my bottle, by the way. This is bullshit. Oh, I didn't give you any of that. That's We're in a pandemic, bottles. dude. That's that's uh, Indianapolis rules there. I understand why Soash is the way he is. So wonder why you're getting recruited by Hooters. Soash. That's a hot job in Indy. Hooters and uh, Costco. Hooters that's and Peaks. Take us away, Pete. Get it going. Hey, uh, do you want to punch your chin there, Joel, so we can get the uh, screenshot? Punch my chin. Come on, you know, Pow. there you go, there you go. Kapow. Everybody, oh. all right. Oh. What is this like? Can everybody punch their chin now? No. There we go. I'll punch my chin. All right. All right. That'll, that'll, I'm sure that'll make it. <laughs> I gotta get my daughter out there. She's doing lacrosse. I gotta get her out there. A doodle of your noodle. That sounds... Get a doodle. Yes. Yeah. The owner is a great guy. Yeah. Has great clients, love him, love him, keep him coming. And no, he won't advertise on your show. Uh, oh. So he he's not looking for listeners then. Okay, pull your pull your noodle. Nice. Wet your noodle. Hint: the owner is in the room. We will edit that out, post. Everybody out, everybody turn around, everybody shout. Hey.
Everybody ready, here we go. Let's do the Pinocchio. Right arm. Everybody in, everybody out. Everybody turn around, everybody shout. Everybody ready, here we go. Let's do the Pinocchio. Right arm.